0: Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 50, part two in a crash course in happiness. It's August 3rd, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. I also happen to be a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Part two of a crash course in happiness. Well, I'm very excited about this podcast because I love happiness. It's one of my things. I love love, I love happiness, I love people. I love a lot of things and I'm very happy in life and have been most of my life, even though I've had a lot of traumas and hardships and bad stuff happen. So this is part two. case you missed part one there is a part one this is part two and there is going to be a part three because I do like my podcast to be less than an hour when possible and there's a lot to cover so a crash course is defined as uh, something where you are taught a lot of facts in a short period of time or one that is a rapid and intense course of study which is what this is designed to be. So, I'm not going to be taking a deep dive into any of the topics I'm covering today. In the f- part one, I covered six elements or six aspects of life that are a foundation for happiness. And in today's part two, I'm going to cover more than eight. I, I'm not exactly sure how many because I kept adding to it to try to get as much in as I can. And I am a happiness expert and I love being happy, and I've not I have not had an easy life. I really haven't. I don't talk about all the painful things and life challenges and traumas a lot, but you know, I've I've had them. (laughs) I've had most of them. And what I've learned in a lifetime is that you can be happy even when you're facing a significant life challenge. And I'm not talking about positive thinking as a way to power through it. Positive thinking in and of itself is a very helpful thing and in and of itself isn't going to give you a happy life because you have to have certain skills or habits and practices to be able to really be truly happy, like sincerely happy, not like fake happy put on a fake smile. I'm not a fan of fakeness by the way. I have abhor fakeness. I'm all about authenticity, realness, being genuine. So the question for you is, do you want to be happy? Well, Let me just tell you, not everybody wants to be happy, even though people say, yes, of course I want to be happy. There are people who play the victim or play the martyr or just won't allow themselves to be happy. And that's a problem. Because if you won't allow yourself to be happy, you'll never be happy. So you have to have a willingness, you have to have an openness, and you have to be willing to do what it takes. I'm asking in this podcast that you do not beat yourself up, that you just listen to it with an open mind, some curiosity, some wonder, like, hmm, what could I take away from this? What could I learn? What are the areas that I could grow and develop? Or maybe what are the things I've never thought of before? And not have yourself be woefully inadequate or not have it be like there's something wrong with you I mean, just listen from curiosity and wonder, and let's dive in. So what I'm gonna cover today in part two, first of all, I'm gonna give you the list of topics I covered in part one. I'm not gonna cover them, I'm not gonna get into them, I'm just gonna let you know, in case you haven't listened to part one, what I did cover in part one. The next piece I'm extremely excited about, I am like wildly excited about it, which is, Uh, at psychoneuroimmunology and how that relates to happiness because that's really important science that I want you to know about because of course I want you to be happy. Hopefully if you're listening to the part two of the Crash Course in Happiness, you also want to be happy. So that will be powerful for you to know about. I'm going to talk about the taking advantage of the self-fulfilling prophecy, dealing with overwhelm, the miracle of gratitude, having friends, being well-loved, trust and vulnerability, Assertiveness, having a a purpose, a mission, a vision, or a bucket list, setting up a personal reward system, hobbying up for happiness, dealing with the difficult emotions, and giving, and then I will end up with giving you some suggestions for getting on this road to happiness. Now, at that part, I am going to just cover what I suggested in part one. So it's going to be kind of the cumulative list of suggestions from part one and this part, a couple takeaways and a call to action. If you happen to be new to my content, you can visit my website at www.lisalundy.com where you can basically read my self-help book for free. It's not an electronic format because that would not be Uh, acceptable given copyright rules for when you do have an electronic book for sale but you can read the content and you can enter my current giveaway which is called look look I want a book (laughs) yes I'm giving away books I love giveaways I mean I have to tell you I it's my second giveaway this one's going on through December 2022 and sometime later this year I'll decide you know what's the next giveaway or continue it or whatnot. Next up is my disclaimer, and this is very important. It's important for you to know that I'm not a health professional or a therapist in any capacity. I, I'm not that. And you should be getting your medical or therapy advice from a licensed therapist or a licensed healthcare provider. So that's where you should be getting your medical or therapy advice. And if you are listening to this podcast and you've been thinking that your life is hopeless or you've been thinking of harming yourself or you've been contemplating suicide, I'm asking you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255 what I'm asking you to do is to tell someone and to talk about it because we actually do have resources and help available for you. So go get it or post it on social media. I mean, just do whatever it takes, but get the support you need. All right. So the topics that I covered in part one of the Crash Course in Happiness, I covered 10 things. I covered reasons why people are unhappy, which is extensive. I gave an overview to happiness. I listed the extraordinary benefits of happiness. I talked about the distinction or concept of generating your own happiness, the concept of flipping the switch on your emotions. I discussed integrity as a component to happiness, emotional intelligence, self-awareness, core values and beliefs, and then I wrapped up with some suggestions to put you on the road to happiness. So that's what's covered in part one. Now, let's get going. Psychoneuroimmunology and happiness. Oh my gosh, I am like so over the top excited about this. So what is that? Psychoneuroimmunology. Well, as you can imagine, we've got the word psycho, we've got the word neuro, and we've got the immunology. So psychoneuroimmunology can be defined as the study of interactions between behavior, neural and endocrine function, and immune processes. Now, that's from Adler et al., 1995. So, according to the Psychoneuroimmunology of Stress and Mental Health, Oxford Handbooks, online, by George M. Slavich, psychological, so psychological stress, mental stress, emotional stress, is a key factor that can induce and sustain inflammatory activity well what does that mean well inflammatory activity is those things that are not good for your body people okay so i did want to read a paragraph from this um psychoneuroimmunology of stress and mental health oxford handbooks online by george slavin because it's that important so i just want you to listen to this science it's just a little paragraph Psychoneuroimmunology, or PNI for short, is a highly integrative field that examines how psychological, neural, and immunologic processes influence each other and shape human health and behavior. PNI has yielded numerous discoveries that have helped to greatly clarify how social psychological, and behavioral factors influence the activity of the immune system, how the immune system affects cognition, emotion, neural processes, and behavior, and how these bidirectional interactions shape risk for a variety of mental and physical health problems, including anxiety, anxiety disorders, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, cardiovascular disease, chronic pain, certain cancers, and neurodegeneration. So that's right out of uh, Mr. Slavich's text. And I want to add another little piece because I really think it's really critical for you to to let this in, which is a little sentence from... uh, It's from Psychoneuroimmunology Developments in Stress, and that's by um, Straub et al. From 2018. Here's the sentence. In recent years it has been observed that psychological stress can be disease permissive, as in chronic inflammatory diseases, cancer, cardiovascular diseases, acute and chronic viral infections, sepsis, asthma, and others. So that's giving you kind of a little, glimpse into the science. Now just I mean I'm I'm a diehard fan of science because it can be really helpful to help you be healthy. So if you're thinking well nobody's nobody's talking about psychoneuroimmunology, let me tell you that the first study for this topic was done in 1919. And the way science works typically in America and in the world, is something like, say, neuroplasticity of the brain is uh, discovered and then written about. So neuroplasticity of the brain was written about in the late 1800s. And in the early 1900s, but it was only like 40 or 50 years ago that it was became accepted as a mainstream branch of science and the same thing is true for psychoneuroimmunology so what does psychoneuroimmunology mean to you with respect to happiness because this is the podcast part 2 on happiness well what it means is that your brain that means your thoughts your feelings your decisions your you know everything that's going on in your brain coupled with your behaviors influence your health by way of your immune system. So what that means is if you really want to be healthy, happiness needs to kind of move right up the list, move right up to the top of the list, clear the decks, put everything aside and focus on happiness because it's going to help you with your immune system because happiness positively impacts your health. Because we just heard, well, not only can it, can psychological stress, you know, be, it's disease permissive. It's not disease preventive. Happiness is disease preventive. And we know that. And I talk about lots of research and happiness and we know happiness is protective for your for heart disease and all kinds of your immune system all kinds of things so this means happiness should just shoot right up to the top of your list because it impacts your health and happiness is going to impact your health positively which is what you want so that's my little that's my little piece on psychoneuroimmunology, if you go ask your family physician about this or your therapist, I can almost, almost guarantee you they would be like, what are you even talking about? That's got to be junk science. No, it's not junk science. You can find all about that in PubMed. And by the way, PubMed is our U.S. government sanctioned and accepted research. Nothing makes it into PubMed that falls under the quackery fringe junk science. All right. So I want to talk next about in this happiness podcast about taking advantage of the self-fulfilling prophecy. Because you're either going to take advantage of the self-fulfilling prophecy or you're going to be utilizing the self-defeating prophecy. So it's either the self-fulfilling prophecy or the self-defeating prophecy. You can obviously tell by the names which one you're probably going to want. So you're going to have to ditch negative thinking, catastrophizing, disempowering attitudes and and beliefs. So briefly, the self-fulfilling prophecy is where you set a positive goal or a positive intention like I'll get a great job or I'll find the man of my dreams or I'll find the perfect place to live or I'm going to make new friends whatever it is something positive what happens which we know from the research more than 50 years I'm not sure how many more than 50 years but it's been well researched is that when you set a positive intention or positive goal that subconsciously and unconsciously your mind begins to direct your actions and your behaviors and, and your feelings to make that positive goal or intention come true. Now, so you can do that, like, set a positive goal or intention and let your subconscious mind support you in having that come true or you can set something negative like I'll never get a great job I'll never find a girl I'll never find a guy I'll never you know. um, now I do have a whole podcast on the subconscious and unconscious mind because that's a very part, powerful part of your mind that most people don't know so you need to take advantage of the self-fulfilling prophecy and use empowering attitudes and beliefs. If you have an attitude or belief that I'll never win or nothing ever works out for me or nothing ever goes my way, you're gonna get more of the same. So get your attitudes and beliefs on the positive side to take advantage of the self-fulfilling prophecy. Next, and by the way, we're not doing a deep dive into any of these subjects. This is the crash course, so we're not doing a deep dive. There's plenty more. I have said in previous podcasts and in my on my website about the self-fulfilling prophecy. Next is dealing with overwhelm. Overwhelm is one of those things that happens to most or many people with varying frequency. So some people are chronically overwhelmed. Some people have occasional, some people have a once in a blue moon. It's different for different people. But overwhelm is one of those things that takes people out of the game and it definitely doesn't make them happy. So what I assert <laughs> is that overwhelm is a construct. And I'm gonna tell you what, what do I mean by a construct? What I mean by the definition of a construct is it's an idea or theory containing various conceptual elements typically one considered to be subjective subjective and not based on empirical evidence so it's important for you to know i'm i'm saying this is a construct and i'm saying this is not based on scientific research now I have a podcast on overwhelm and what I'm telling you is overwhelm is like collapsing your thoughts and feelings with actions and different things. So it's like the collapsing of a bunch of stuff that you can sort out and and diagram. And I have a YouTube video that shows the diagram, the diagrams on my website, and I talk about overwhelm in an entire podcast. So overwhelm. If you frequently feel overwhelmed in life, and and there could be good reason, I'm not saying overwhelm's not necessarily in and of itself a bad thing. It's just not gonna help you be happy. And it is something that you can deal with. And because of neuroplasticity of the brain, you know, your brain can learn the wiring. What is your collapsing? What is your construct for overwhelm? and your brain can help you get through that very quickly. It's actually unbelievably amazing. When I diagrammed my my overwhelm into a diagram on paper, my brain took hold of that, like I am almost never in overwhelm. <laughs> I have some pretty, pretty, pretty serious life challenges going on so if anybody has the right to be in overwhelm I probably have the right to be in overwhelm but I'm almost never ever in overwhelm because my brain understands oh this is what happens and it it cycles through it so you don't want to be in frequent or perpetual overwhelm because that is going to take away from your happiness so get this on your list and, and deal with it. The next piece is the miracle of gratitude. If you walk around in life and gratitude, being grateful, is not your normal way of being. If it's not the way you operate, then this is something to grow and develop. Because gratitude is a muscle. The more you become grateful, the more you practice gratitude the more natural it will become and my podcast will help you you know it's just feels amazing to be grateful it's good for you it will add to your happiness I mean because how else if you're going to feel if you don't want to feel grateful you're going to what feel entitled you're going to feel resentful I mean gratitude we know from the research is extremely beneficial health-wise and it feels good. So start building your muscles of gratitude if gratitude isn't your natural way of life. The next piece on this happiness journey is friends because friends are critical to happiness and as a life coach and as a person who gets very personal and very intimate with people, what I can tell you is that With almost no exception, most of the people I've ever talked to and had conversations with about friends, most people will say they don't have enough, either they don't have enough really good friends or they don't have enough friends. And I have a whole podcast on friends. I have a series of YouTube videos about making friends because it's hard. If making friends was easy And having friends was easy. Everybody would have tons of friends and it wouldn't be hard, but it's not easy. So you might need to build your social circle because what we know from the research is that, you know, loneliness and social isolation increases premature death by up to 50%. So let me say that again. Loneliness and social isolation increases premature death by up to 50%, making it a bigger threat than obesity And that's according to um, analysis from Brigham Young University. So get some more friends and socialize with them. And you might want to look at my YouTube video about big no-nos because that's one reason some people have trouble having friends. That might be something to grow and develop. The next piece of this happiness is to be well-loved. I do have to say I did a YouTube video that's called Be Well-Loved. And I, I mean, I just made it because it was there to make. I, I thought of it and thought, "How oh, that really calls to my heart." So I made this YouTube video called "Be Well Loved." And then what happened was, you know, my friends or people I would meet say, "Oh, what do you what do you do? What are you doing?" And I and I told them, "Well, I just made a video." And I was really taken aback because the largest percentage of people—now, this is people who could be honest with me. But the people who I could, you know, be intimate with said, you know, I I really haven't been well loved in my life. So I was just struck by this tragedy and this heartbreak of the percentage of people who don't feel well loved. And I think if you start to look in society with the suicide rates and the depression rates and the, the health issues and all of the problems that we see, This is, I think, a common underpinning for societal issues and people's problems. So in my opinion, it should be everyone's number one goal. You want to be like well-loved as if you're the stuffed animal in the Velveteen Rabbit, which is a great children's book if you're not familiar. So get that and read that. But put this on your list because you want to be well-loved. Now, sometimes being well-loved means it's not from the people you think who should love you. Well, that's why I already said friends. Friends are really important because friends can can provide that aspect of being well-loved. So be well-loved. Put it on your list. Next is trust and vulnerability. Well, if you're going to have friends and you're going to be well-loved, You're going to need to be able to trust at some level, and you're going to need to be able to be a little bit vulnerable. I mean, you don't have to, like, peel off everything and be totally vulnerable. But, you know, trust issues are very common in society. So if you have them, you're in the norm. Uh, And just deal with them. And the same with being vulnerable. Because you want to have friends, and you want to be well-loved, and you want to be able to function and be really, really, really happy So if you have trust issues or you can't be vulnerable with people, deal with it. Just get whatever you need to help you deal with that. And by the way, all of my podcast materials will help you to grow and develop so that you can become more trusting and more vulnerable. Next, I recommend assertiveness. If you're not someone who is typically assertive i would put this on your list because assertiveness a first of all assertiveness is amazing and and assertiveness, assertiveness is not being aggressive sometimes people collapse assertiveness or they have the mistaken idea or notion that if you're assertive you're aggressive that is not part of the definition of being assertive although i think i did see that in a dictionary that it, it included the word aggressive, and that's not true at all. Assertiveness means you're empathetic to other people's points of view, needs, and wants, and you're respectful of other people, and you're also respectful of your own. So assertiveness is a great skill to have. I think everyone should have it. Put it on your list. Next, the thing that's going to help you with happiness all the time is to have either a purpose, a mission, a vision, a vision, a roadmap or some type of bucket list. So what we know from the research is when people lose their purpose or they you know they they end up feeling lost and, and like that their life has no meaning. So my suggestion and I say this in not all my podcasts but a lot of them is to be up to something. Now it doesn't have to be something gigantic like changing the world doesn't have to be huge. It could be getting in shape. It could be, you know, going on a trip. It could be cleaning out your house or your room or your closet or your car. You know, I mean, set some goals or create a bucket list. Be up to something because this will be very helpful and preventive for depression, anxiety, because you're focused and you're doing things. And we know from the research that setting goals and taking action towards those goals will help you be happy. The next thing I suggest, if you're going to go on the happiness journey, and I hope you are, I mean, you're listening to this podcast on happiness, don't you want to be happy? Yes, you do. Well, my next suggestion is that you set up a personal reward system. Why? because most people don't like change, most people run from change, most people flee the moment they think they're going to have to change, even a little bit. It's just what we do as human beings, so don't make that wrong. But you can set up a personal reward system to help you keep, stay, the, stay the course, to help you keep on track, to help you be motivated. And they're really fun because you get to pick the rewards and then you're celebrating. Like this is my 50th podcast. So of course, I'm going to reward myself. I'm not sure how. Uh, maybe dinner tomorrow night with some friends. I mean, like, I don't know. But I have a personal reward system. I've used it forever. And I, I do talk about in previous podcasts things that I d- used as rewards. So, Set up a personal reward system to help you stay the course because you're most likely going to have to make a few changes if you really want to have happiness be the thing that runs your life. And I hope you want that because, what, do you want to be miserable and unhealthy? No, that's not for you. That is just not for you. Next, hobby up for happiness. Hobbies are amazing. If it's not fun and you don't love it, it's not a hobby. It's a chore. But have hobbies. I'm a diehard fan of hobbies because they're good for people. They help build self-confidence. They help build self-esteem. They help you be more interesting. They are just, there's all kinds of benefits, and I have a whole podcast on it. But I believe everyone of every age should have hobbies that they really love and enjoy. And clearly, if you're doing things that make you happy and that you enjoy, you're going to be happier. Next, I have what I call the difficult emotions. And my suggestion is that you begin to grow so that you can deal with the difficult emotions. The difficult emotions being sadness, grief, anger, resentment, fear, loss, rejection, criticism. The whole, there's a whole host of basically negative emotions that we generally are not very good at. And it's the negative emotions, it's the sadness, it's the grief, the anger, the resentment, the rejection, the criticism that causes people to tank. I mean, it just takes people out of the game. Now, I did recommend in part one of this Crash Course in Happiness to grow your emotions, and I talked about emotional intelligence. So, this is part of growing your emotions and emotional intelligence. But it's really important because these difficult emotions or the difficult emotions are the really the things that just sock people. Like they just like getting sucker punched or kicked in the face. Like they just get taken out, whether it's for days or weeks. I mean, people go into, you know, minor depression and major depressive episodes after, you know, or, as a result of not really being able to deal with these emotions. So difficult things happen in life and life isn't easy. And when you have skills for being harshly criticized or condemned or rejected or having a loss or, you know, those things are very powerful. And I'm not talking about glossing over it or pretend or pretense. I'm talking about the skill of being able to identify, manage, and process your emotions so that you can be happy and and move forward in life. I mean, there are things that you'll never be happy about. For example, someone who's passed or something, some tragedy. So I'm not talking about that. But when you have the emotional skills... You can have that loss or the death or the grief, and it doesn't consume you. So learn to deal with the difficult emotions. So for the next piece, I'm going to give you the suggestions to get on the road to happiness. And what I'm going to do first is I'm going to just list off the recommendations from part one. Because this is a cumulative thing if you want to be happy as your general modality is your mo if you want happiness to be your mo it takes a number of different things it's not one or two things and then you'll be happy i'm sorry to tell you <laughs> just that's the bad news it's not one or two things but the good news is these things are all good for you these things are not difficult okay like i don't I, don't, I like life to be easy, fun, and great. Of course, I also like it to be productive and, and all kinds of good stuff. But these are important. So, the, so, so I had um, 12 recommendations in part one. Here's the 12. And then I'm going to add to it with recommendations from today's part two. So number one, self-care and self-compassion. I don't care what anybody says. You need to be taking care of yourself and you need to be kind to yourself. Number two, start doing things that make you happy Number three, self-awareness Number four, start dreaming Number five, create a team Oh my gosh, I'm a huge fan of that I'm thinking of a contest on that topic, by the way Uh, number Number six, make it fun and playful Number seven, flip the switch on your emotions Number eight, identify your core values and beliefs Number nine, pay attention to your integrity and character. Number 10, start adopting the concept of generating your own happiness. Number 11, emotions as your superpower. Because let me tell you, your emotions are your superpower. You probably just might not know how to use them. And number 12, start acting like today matters. So those were the recommendations for getting in on this road to happiness from part one. So we're going to add today a number of steps based on what I the points that I touched upon. So number one, understand how being happy can impact your health. That would be, you know, the science of psychoneuroimmunology. Take advantage of the self-fulfilling prophecy because you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot with the self-defeating prophecy. Next, Deal with your overwhelm once and for all because you actually can. Next, be all in for being well-loved. I mean, it is amazing and this is something everyone should have. And it's probably going to take something. Deal with any trust or vulnerability issues. Practice gratitude on a daily basis until it is a natural expression of who you are. Learn assertiveness. Make friends. And if you don't need more friends, then just spend time with your friends. Be up to something. Set up a personal reward system. Hobby up. And learn to deal with difficult emotions. So those are all things that are pieces of having a really, really happy life. That doesn't mean you're not going to have hardship. That doesn't mean life isn't going to be difficult sometimes. And it doesn't mean you're not going to face life challenges. But if you start building those muscles and those skills, you will be able to move through life being happy more often than not, being able to deal with life's hardships, traumas, and challenges being taken out of the game. So here's your takeaways from part two. You can be happy and you can have a happy life even if you have difficult circumstances. Next, you can learn habits. You can learn skills. You can learn empowering attitudes and beliefs to make your life beautiful, happy, and wonderful whether you're dealing with hardship or not. And lastly, happiness is not just for other people. I mean, if you're going to play the victim or the martyr, then yes, happiness is for other people. But happiness is available to everyone and anyone who's willing to take the actions and do what it takes. So here's my call to action. It's time to start getting in action to start being happy. I mean, why would you want to wait? I don't know. You don't want to feel blocked. Blue, sad, morose. No, you want to be happy. So it's time to start taking actions. Next, it's time to start making an assessment of well, what do you need to do to be happy, and start making a list and get going. Get a group together. Oh my gosh, listen to podcast one or part one where I'm talking about teams and creating a great team and giving it a name. Yeah, like make it fun, people. Why not? And lastly, share this podcast uh, with your family and friends, and hopefully the people that you're going to invite to be in your team in this great journey because you're going to, like, go do what it takes to be happy instead of being unhappy and whatnot. And that's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast episode number 50, part two in a crash course in happiness. I hope you're going to take the actions and get on the road to happiness because that's where you want to be. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get part three and future podcasts automatically. And you can visit me at my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway. I hope you're doing well. Take care. Love you. That's all for now.